ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Pause Reviews, the podcast where Tim and I comb through the endless, endless choices on streaming platforms to help save you from binging the same old show again and again and find something amazing to watch tonight. As always, I'm your host, Frank. This is Tim. That was a first pass. We're going to yeah. keep refining. How did that feel? Yep. How did that feel to you, Tim? Yeah, it's got the spirit, right? Yeah, it captures the essence, as yeah, they say. I know. I texted you a couple weeks ago, and I was like, wait, you know, I just had that moment last night where, like, what do you want to watch? What do you want to watch? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Let's, yes. uh, okay, we'll just throw on whatever it's been that we're in the middle of. Like, yes. Uh, you want to start Grey's Anatomy from the beginning again? Do you want to start Supernatural no. from the beginning? No, <laughs> like, I don't want those things. <laughs> You know, and so I've tried to learn that lesson. Like, let's not. We took a stab at something last night. We watched, uh, we were teetering on the edge, right? I had, we, we ordered food from Ann Pizza. I tried to get a jump on it, waiting for the DoorDash to come. I was like, let's look for something. Let's look for something. And it was like, the pizza's here. We haven't found anything because everything we wanted to watch, we kept striking out on. And was about to go to an old standby. And then Carissa was like, hey, there's this movie, The Prom based on a Broadway musical. Let's give it a shot because it might be coming down the line to, you know, somewhere in DC. Um, it was terrible. <laughs> but <laughs> we didn't spend two and a half hours watching reruns of something. So, you know, uh, don't watch the prom, but also why don't watch the same old, same old. So yeah, it, we've got the essence. We've yeah. And it. that's just it, right? Like we, are charging ourselves with the mission of taking all these hits of yeah. of just garbage to find little gems to present to you guys and and keep in mind right like we know this feeling we live this too i'm guilty yeah. of it too which by the way can we just take a, a beat i mean restart gray's anatomy or supernatural <laughs> from the beat dude so i'll binge like tv like sitcoms right so like I just plowed through uh what was the sitcom I was just, oh how I met your mother. Yeah. I did yeah. that in like a week or two. Right now I'm rewatching uh Rules of Engagement. Yeah, I'm rewatching Breaking Bad right now. But see, you keep throwing out hour long episode shows. And at least like <laughs> Breaking Bad was only, you know, a couple years. You know, there's, yeah. you know, seven seasons I think of uh Rules of Engagement, there was nine seasons of How I Met Your Mother, but these are 22 minute epi- 21 minute yeah. episodes. Yeah. Like, Grey's Anatomy has been on for 37 years, and they're <laughs> hour-long episodes. Supernatural yeah. is the same. Uh-huh. What are you talking about? <laughs> like, that is a lifetime. It very much is. And then what happens is we get lost, or we get diverted halfway through, and then we don't, like... Uh, our Netflix reset. Somebody hacked the Netflix. So we got... Or like I don't remember where we were. I guess we'll start over again. Oh, so, my no, God, I, I, no. Yeah, no. That's what we're trying not to do anymore. Yeah, that's, that's why a living nightmare. We've taken all of this time to try new stuff. We're we're really deep into Curb Your Enthusiasm now, which fits really well because, right, it's like those 20-minute episodes that you're talking about. Yes. And there's not much you have to remember. There's some jokes that carry through, right? But there's not a lot of storyline that, that carries through. And it's really easy. It's really easy to watch. We can watch a couple episodes and, and not feel bad about it. But, yeah. Definitely. That that's what we're going for, right? Let let us take the hits. Let us comb through some stuff, and uh, I think we've got two tonight that uh, that we can steer you into, and one we can 
definitely steer you away from. Yep. So before we jump in, let's do a little bit of housekeeping. Yeah. Item number one. So I think I mentioned it maybe once because we haven't re- we haven't really been doing a lot of the banter stuff at the beginning of the episodes. Yeah. Right. But I mentioned once that Alyssa and I just recently closed on a new house, our very yeah. first one. Pause for applause. And then <laughs> I'm just gonna imagine that uh, there was a lot of cheering. And I heard clapping. it. Yeah, I heard it. yeah. I heard I it heard in it. my heart. Right. Yeah. Um, no, but we did. We just closed on a new house, and I will be honest with you all. It has been a real struggle trying yeah. to maintain the podcast and try to move house. Like this, you know, with two kids, and it has been madness i just um, i have this i have this image of you in my head like sitting there in your little studio crying. everything else is being oh. loaded onto the truck and you're still sitting there with all the podcast stuff yeah. and you're like you know they're coming in and taking the stuff out from underneath of you and you're like well, i'm still recording <laughs> it's like uh like the scene in uh robin hood men in tights when they tow the <laughs> castle and blinken's dropping the deuce yep <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> That's so me. And I'm just there with my headphones on, but they're not attached to anything. Yes. <laughs> Cable's <Yes>. just swinging. <laughs> and I'm pantsless. <laughs> yes. I mean, you might be. I have no idea. Tim, I'm 100% pantsless. Here it is, buddy. Take a look oh, at that. Yeah. Unders. <laughs> so, uh, no, I mean, yes, it's, you know, I, it's, I always thought, and I was, I was hoping I wouldn't, but the reality of it was, I was like, you know, I need at least a week to... Yeah break all of this down and move it and then build it up at the new house. Luckily, we're only moving like two miles down the road. This is not a grand thing, but it is, you know, the evenings because we're working from home, um, even if we weren't working from home, it'd actually be even worse if we weren't working from home. I can at least like pack a box during my lunch break. Right. But, you know, working during the week, kids all night, kids on the weekends. So, and now we've got two of them. We haven't moved Mm -hmm. before with two. So, it's difficult because this podcast takes up pretty much like six, five, five, easily five days a week. Yeah. Every sure. night goes to the podcast b- between researching, editing, writing, whatever. I, you know, it, it just turned out. I was hoping that we'd be able to take it up to the limit. I was thinking we might take like two weeks off in April and then uh, when we do the big move and, and then be right yeah. back. But it's just, I think it's causing too much, too much stress, too much anxiety. So what we're proposing and what Tim and I have been thinking is Mm -hmm. that in a couple of weeks, so we'll do this episode and definitely the next one. So -hmm. there'll be another reminder then, but let's let us know what you think if we shift for a couple of weeks, essentially four weeks in April. So starting with the, there wouldn't be a, a traditional Thursday, April 1st episode, and we wouldn't come back to our traditional format probably until Thursday, April 29th. Mm-hmm. But what we would do every week is we'll still do a show, but we'll do a live show. Uh, yeah. We'll still watch a movie. We'll still do whatever. We'll do some of the research. But if I can at least cut out the editing part of things, we'll yeah. hop on IG Live. You guys can join us there, or you can check it out later. We'll try to maybe post it up or on YouTube or something, but it wouldn't air as a podcast. And we will discuss the stuff that we're watching or the movie that we're watching and do like a live Q&A with you guys. You know, we can mm-hmm. do... All that jazz. Uh, that will also give us an opportunity to learn how to do it. We can kind of yeah. troubleshoot that, you know, medium and then uh, see if that's something we can incorporate more of later. Yeah. Um, 
I don't know. That seems like it could be a lot of fun and a, and a happy compromise where we're not yeah. just going to vanish off the planet for, you know, five weeks. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Um, I think as opposed to just leaving you sitting there in the dark as they take your pieces away from you. I, th- I think that makes <laughs> <laughs> uh, a lot of sense. We try and do this. Um, it's something we've talked about. We wanted to do back in December. We wanted to do Instagram live and then during the um, break. Yeah. Yeah. And then the baby showed up. Uh, the like the, the two days before we were gonna do it. <sighs> so babies. Yeah. God, they're um, the worst. Right. I've had one for three months as of today. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I I think this could be really cool. And then uh, we'll, we'll get up and running and 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 roll out some good stuff. We'll be back just in time for uh, what the Oscars, right? Yeah, just after the Oscars would be our Sweet. first episode back. Yeah. So yeah, man. Let's uh, let us know your thoughts. I mean. I'm be real honest with you. I'm still gonna do it. <laughs> <laughs> you don't pay my bills. Um nope. so uh you know, yeah, I think this is definitely what we're leaning towards. Um but just shoot us ideas, uh, you know, format stuff, things that you'd like to hear, you want it to be Q and A, uh you want like, you know, just that kind of stuff. Shoot us some messages yeah. and, and let us know your thoughts because we'd love to make it something you guys are looking forward to checking out while yeah. you wait for me to move this house dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun. <laughs> uh let's see what else okay so today's episode we're gonna talk about like tim said we're gonna talk about two things right one's a movie yeah. one's a series uh yep. one of them we stumbled upon i stumbled upon and got so enraged that i told tim i was like dude we got to do an episode about mm-hmm. this so we're gonna talk about the netflix film i care a lot starring rosamund pike and peter dinklage Yep. And then we've had a fan request for a while, but you know, we had to give us, it's a series. So we had to yeah. watch it through and uh, you know, we got to watch everything twice. So uh, we had a fan request or a listener request for this Netflix series Lupin. Uh, so we're going to talk about that this week. One of them we liked, one of them we hated. And full disclosure, this is the second time we're having this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And uh, I told you, I've been real stressed out, guys. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so we we actually recorded this episode like two or three weeks ago. Yeah. Because it was supposed to be the episode before last week's episode. Yep. Uh, the one with Kristoff uh, as our guest yep. host, Baby Driver. And I totally botched the recording. It was absolute unusable garbage. But to be fair... There was little prep that went into it, so it was yeah. already kind of garbage. Yeah, <laughs> I just and, made you know, it worse. And to be honest, I think was it this morning, yesterday. I think, <laughs> think I woke up in a cold sweat because I was like, "Oh my god!" I think during the Baby Driver episode, I made reference to something in an episode that no one will ever hear, and people probably think I'm crazy. I'm like, nah, nobody cares. <laughs> <laughs> Tim's like, "Good thing I don't listen to those episodes." <laughs> Uh, I don't remember that. I don't remember you doing that. And if you did, I feel like you gave it con. I mean, we did say something because I said that I wouldn't belly bump the the instruments yeah, this time. Yeah. So like, yeah. There was something. There was, just, but I, we provided context. Yeah, I think so. I, uh, so um, our idea was to be better prepared to talk about these two this time, and we might be slightly. No, we're not. It was a slight. It was. It was a good idea. And again, that's my fault. It's my fault. I'm in charge of writing the scripts. That's my bad. <sighs> Boo this man. <laughs> Shame him. Uh, you can address your letters to Frank Alicea, P.O. Box. Yeah, I don't really care. 
Use your old address. Chicago, Illinois. Do, do you remember the uh, <laughs> scruff, McGruff? Chicago? Yep. Anyway, whatever. All right. Or Zoom. What was the one for Zoom? That's the one I remember a lot, too. Do you ever watch Zoom as a kid? No, that doesn't ring a bell. It's a weird, like, PBS show that people without cable had. And I don't know why I had it, because we always had cable. But I didn't have cable, whatever. but I still didn't watch that. It's weird. I know. <laughs> I think we were watching stuff we totally shouldn't have been watching. Like we were watching like you know, like Ali McBeal or something with my mom because she didn't want to watch Arthur or you know what? I think it was on PBS. The show my sister and I did used to watch a lot was uh Ghost Rider. Oh yeah. Do you remember that show? Yeah, that might have been Nickelodeon. No, we didn't have Nickelodeon. Let's see. Let's see. Alright, Tim's looking it up. So while Tim's looking up whether or not Ghost Rider was Nickelodeon. There was also wait, there was also one with a Jack Russell Terrier. Uh, Wishbone. Wishbone. Yeah. Ghost Rider, 1992 TV series. Mm -hmm, sounds about right. 92. I would have been in like the Children's grade. Television Workshop, BBC Television. So it had to have aired original, on PBS. Yeah, original PBS. Told ya. There you go. I feel like Wishbone was PBS too. So they came oh, like yeah. one after the other. That is 100% true. Yeah. Um, which makes it even stranger that you never watched zoom because i swear zoom was also on pbs yeah i don't know we... come on in zoom come on in zoom. <laughs> dear god nope yeah originally aired on pbs uh it's a little late though 99 to 2005 so i don't know oh, why I bro that show. <laughs> i had i was a grown man then right yes i'd known a woman and i, I just, no, I'm just I, I just exposed <laughs> myself to that for some reason how why was i watching that in 1999 Jeez. 99 I, I had seen a boob by then, <laughs> right? 99. Yeah. Oh, dude, I was in high school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. What the hell was wrong with me? Nah, man. <laughs> you, you were you were on Zoom. And you're not that. You're not. How, you're like a year younger than me. <laughs> what? Tim, you were a freshman in high school. <laughs> Tim, you're better <laughs> than this. <laughs> Why are you watching Zoom on PBS <laughs> as like a 14-year-old man? <laughs> Great Tim, question. you could shave. <laughs> Probably could have. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god, Tim, why? This is the greatest thing I've ever heard. Why was I watching this show in 1999? I have no idea. Tell me you have like a sibling that was like seven years younger than you. I mean, and you my were babysitting them. Two years younger than me. Nope, that's not enough. <laughs> She was she was like easily in the seventh or eighth grade. You know what? I bet it was. I used to watch. I used to watch a lot of Mister Rogers when I come home just for nostalgia factor. And I wonder uh -huh. if this was like on after Mister Rogers. And so you just stuck I'm around. Just go with this, that. I'm this go was with that. this was the lead in. I'm gonna go with that. <laughs> That's the worst. All right. We're not here to talk about PBS or or why Tim was so stunted in his development. Uh, we're here to talk about I Care A Lot and Lupin. Uh, let's jump in. Oh, man. I, I feel like I needed these laughs, though, yeah, to carry me good. through what's about to fill oh, me with absolute gosh. rage. So yeah. number one, number one up to the plate is I Care A Lot. This is the 2020 Netflix original film starring Rosamund Pike and Peter Dinklage and Isa Gonzalez. And it's billed as a comedy 
crime thriller. A lot of people are calling it a dark comedy. We'll chat a little bit about that more. Rated R, runtime just under two hours. The IMDb synopsis is a crooked legal guardian who drains the savings of her elderly wards meets her match, does she, when a woman she tries to swindle turns out to be more than she first appears. This, okay, the synopsis intrigues me. Yeah. That is not the movie that plays out on screen. No, I thought that she was going to pick on this lady and this lady was going to be just that more than she expected. Right. Like mm. this person was going to be the fly in her ointment, right. Her problem. <sighs> Not really. So let's dive. Oh, there's a lot, you know what? I want to say what's good about the movie first, because it's sure. only one thing. Yeah. And then we will, we will dive into everything that i have a problem with that we have a problem with yep so the basic premise is rosamund pike she is a legal guardian for elderly people but she is awful and she essentially imprisons elderlies to elderly folks to uh just leech their entire life savings off of them and make herself wealthy and all this other kind of stuff they she targets Diane Weiss, who plays a woman named Jennifer Peterson. So she she has a doctor friend who helps her out and hooks her up with these, you know, old people who don't have families or whatever. And so the doctor calls her up and is like, I've got a cherry for you. Uh, no family, no nothing, super rich. Let's cage her up. They do it. And it turns out that she's connected to Peter Dinklage. Peter Dinklage is a Russian mobster. And the movie then takes off with him trying to get Peterson out and Rosamund Pike trying to keep her in and yep. battling with him and him battling with her, et cetera, et cetera. Where this movie succeeds is the acting, Yeah. right? Rosamund Pike plays an awful human being. I hate her from start to finish. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what she set out to do, right? Yep. Now, there are some shortcomings to her. Um, the other one is Peter Dinklage. Fantastic. Yep. I bought him completely as a total badass ex-ruption mobster who is essentially like set up his own crime syndicate in this city and, and everything else. Like he had me hooked. He was so mesmerizing to watch yeah. in this role. And I was I was amazed at how good he was at doing that. Yep, he was somebody that you did that you knew instantly you weren't going to mess with, right? They were just the way that he carried himself and the way that people reacted to him in that scene particularly the way that that his his henchman was reacting to him giving him this bad news. You knew this was not a guy you wanted to mess with and he carried that very well. Yes. I think and this is getting into the bad. I think where they fall short is not because of their acting ability and not because of what they're able to command on screen. It's simply the limitations of the script. Yeah. The writing of this movie is atrocious. Every yep. single part of it. It's billed as a dark comedy, which I think it fails completely. This yeah. movie isn't funny at all. It doesn't even ring as satirical. It's not even ironic. It's nope. just poorly written and and 
what's really hard to watch about it is that it it's like watching someone do stand up who isn't funny but really yeah. thinks they are. They think they have something to say. They think they have a unique way of saying it and they think the way they're about to say it is hysterical and it's cr- yeah. it just for me it landed on crickets. Like there was you could see the efforts, right? Like Peter Dinklage's character. He's a mobster but he's also a hipster. Right, yeah. he's drinking right. green shakes and he's you know doing all this stuff and he's got like he's a man ordering bun. macarons. Like. Right. Well, although I give it to him, I think those were for his for his mom, you know. So it's yeah, like yeah. right. But at the same, but like I can see the attempt, but it was executed poorly. And with Rosamund Pike, there's just parts where she just drops these lines, you know, and and tries to be real witty every time she's faced with a conflict. She just comes right at it you know, full tilt. And it just, mm-hmm. it reads as unbelievable more than it does funny. So unbelievable yeah. that it overshadows any attempt at comedy. It just, it's a bad, it's a poor comedian's attempt at a dark comedy. Yeah. And really, it just made me feel terrible, right? Yes. It, there wasn't any moment to, that you would giggle at or laugh at, you know, I think of some other stuff that I've seen in that, that realm. And there are clearly comedic moments that, that would make you laugh and would, would kind of lighten the, 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 the dark parts of the movie. And there was nothing in this to lighten that up. You are pulled into this, into this, this muck real fast from the beginning. I, I think it was, not even 10 minutes in where I texted you and I was like, I hope this woman chokes on her oversized hipster vaporizer because I can't stand her already. Yeah. And I think that brings me to one of my biggest problems with it, which was the complete failure of the use of an antihero in this movie. And I think that that's with the writing, right? Um, We've seen tons of antiheroes, especially in recent cinema and tv it's been a popular trope you got tony soprano or you know walter white in breaking bad um sons of anarchy there are plenty um where you have the these anti-heroes and it's been done well there is nothing <laughs> written to make you like rosamund pike's character of marla in this movie yep. there's no relatable moments there's nothing to humanize her to the point that when something bad is about to happen to her, you get nervous and you don't want her to die. You know, uh, uh, something, you know, t- there's a hit out on Tony. You're worried about Tony, right? Um, when stuff went sideways in Breaking Bad, you was Walter going to get his family out of it? I was hoping this woman was put down from the beginning this movie started because she's just absolutely vile. And there's nothing, again, written into it she's given a uh, uh her partner in this firm is her wife her girlfriend mm-hmm. and girlfriend. they have a couple of moments together but even then neither one of them is human <laughs> neither one of them you want to see survive so there's just nothing no scene no moment of of any likability in this script to really make her someone you care about and then that bleeds through the rest of the script you don't want anybody really to succeed in this movie you don't you're who you're rooting for is really where i was left that is absolutely where this falls apart i think this movie goes too hard too fast Mm. with the premise and she is so abhorrent right 
the opening scene is this gut-wrenching scene of a son who is being banned from seeing his mother. Yeah. And 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 then we then get introduced to her office and her employees and stuff. And she has a wall of faces. Yeah. These old faces. And you are left to assume that every single one of them is a mark. Every mm-hmm. single and then one of the first things she does is one of them dies. She's like, "What?" Now I got to give the inheritance like he was supposed to last me however long. These people mean nothing. Like it is it is so disgusting and abhorrent from the start. Mm-hmm. That's where you're setting me up, right? Yep. Which that's okay. But then who am I rooting for? Because it isn't Marla, right? Yeah. I would argue Fran comes the closest on her side of the coin, on Marla's side of the coin to being someone who maybe could have given me some in of relatability yeah. when when she starts to discover that this uh that jennifer peterson is not someone th- who they should be messing with she wants to move on she mm-hmm. wants to be like there's more to this there's more. And, yep. and that could have potentially been like well then maybe it's not and now it's too late the damage is done and this mobster's coming after you no matter what and now you need to you know, and and then maybe okay. I need to stop this. I need to get legitimate. I need to, right. These are the yeah. common tropes, and I'm not saying this is what it should have been because then it it would have been you know, uh, it would have been cliche, and we've seen it mm-hmm. all before and whatever. I understand. I'm just saying that like these common tropes exist for a reason because yep. they make the character relatable. It mm-hmm. endears a villain to us, right? There's a reason why we root for Darth Vader. There's a reason yeah. why we like Hannibal Lecter. There's a reason why we like the Joker. These are awful villains who have some sort of redeeming quality. Yeah. Marla Grayson, she has none, none whatsoever. So that then leads me to believe that the person I'm really supposed to be rooting for here, and and I and I was hard the whole time, is Peter Dinklage's character of Roman. At least Roman is fighting to get his mom out of this forced prison. Right. He, and, and I wanted him to win. I wanted him to win from the start. Yeah. The problem with Roman is he's completely inept. And again, it's that's all meant to be funny, right? I should have been laughing when he's flinging green juices across the room. <laughs> I should have been laughing when... Uh, he was trying to kill people and failing to do it all the time. Yeah. The problem with that is, again, it points back to the writing. Number one, you pissed me off so much about the premise, about these poor old people, right? Mm-hmm. You then made me hate Marla so much that then it pissed me off when the one person who I wanted to kill, I wanted her dead, right? Yeah. That's what you were I wanted this character dead and the one person who you're giving me to be able to do this is not getting it done so it was aggravating and annoying me more than it was i wasn't finding that funny because i hated her too much right yeah additionally he doesn't fail all the time they kill the doctor and they kill some characters without any problem the two they struggle with are the two i hate the most Fran and Marla. So again, it's annoying. You've seen them succeed. It so it would have been funny if he's just bad at being a gangster. But he wouldn't yes. be where he is if that was true. Right. Right? And we wouldn't have seen him successfully slaughter some people already. And right. and, and I know this sounds ridiculous, but all I'm getting at here is 
This movie makes you hate so hard from the start. So hard. And that clouds over anything else in this movie. Any attempt at comedy, levity, irony, or any of it. It is mm-hmm. it is lost by the blinding rage I feel from the start. And it only builds, not only because she only gets worse and worse, but because the movie continuously fails. And, and, and these plot points continuously fail. It's just annoying and frustrating. And it's two hours of agony, complete yep. agony. You're going to hear so much press about how incredible this movie is, right? Rosamund mm-hmm. Pike's already taken home the Golden Globe. Yeah, exactly. Everyone's touting this as a brilliant movie, as a brilliant that. That is critics. This is textbook, look at Rotten Tomatoes, critically, 80% or more. Mm-hmm. Audience score, 37%, right? Yep. Your average moviegoer is going to probably hate this movie like we did. So this yeah. is one like, ignore the press, this one sucks. I was reading through the IMDb user reviews, and all of them that I came across were ones. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Just, you know, uh, worst movie I've ever seen. Worst movie I've watched in a while. A couple people claiming to be doctors or lawyers leaning in on those aspects that maybe we're all unfamiliar with. You know, this idea of legal guardianship and saying how this process is much more involved and much more extensive than the movie makes it out to be because the movie makes it out to be that like Jennifer Peterson is in this home and her house is cleaned out in days. Yeah. Right. Days. Her house is cleaned out, renovated and on the market and her belongings are auctioned off. And it just feels so wrong (laughs) and so quick. I think, you know, you can go back to what we said and maybe you can see that she gets a nod because of what she can do with this script. Maybe you think she deserves it because she made you hate her so much that, you know, that's that's good acting. You can do something with nothing. I, I just nothing else in this production did you any favors so and i'm not trying to say that she isn't deserve rosamund pike isn't deserving all i'm saying is don't let that news don't let the fact that this film is being recognized for its acting that she's being wrecked and i think rightfully so i mean i like i said at the top the acting is excellent the writing is atrocious and yeah. the fact that they were able to do what they could with what they were given is yeah. a massive testament to both Rosamund Pike and Peter Dinklage. Yeah. So all I'm getting at is don't let all this hype and buzz, don't let the fact that they're winning awards, don't let any of that influence you or sway you to think that this might be a good movie because yeah. it isn't. This movie right. is an absolute failure in my opinion. Yeah. I want to touch on one other thing that that you and I have gone back and forth about. And Mm -hmm. I just, I I still struggle with this movie. The LGBTQ representation in this movie is, is really strange for me. And I'm struggling personally with where we are in terms of Hollywood, right? And where we are as characters, you know, for a long time being gay, or being lesbian or being transgender or whatever was used as a 
plot point, right? So it was there's a reason for this, right? right? This character is gay, so X, right? And usually not for any good reason. Yeah, exactly, right? right? And we're in this period where that 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 doesn't that's not necessary anymore, right? Like mm-hmm. that that's that's not a character flaw, that's not a plot point, that is just people, that is people's lives. But in this movie, this movie makes it feel like it is, like like there is a reason for it, right? And I yeah, I, I her extreme feminism, right? Yeah, there's I just struggled with that depiction and it made me feel extra strange again with the concept or you know with the, the plot of this movie where i was like why am i why am i questioning this you know like why am i sitting here going well why is she a lesbian why does she have a partner we're beyond that in movies right and i just i couldn't ever wrap my head around what it brought to the plot and i wasn't really sure of whether i should have been wondering that because it really doesn't matter in the end i mean fran could have just been her business partner and she just so happens to also be her life partner but so what i i just i really struggled with it i i I, and i don't feel like it's something i should have been struggling with and i feel like again that is a fault of the writing of this movie i agree with you and i've struggled with this as well it struck me and and i think the reason it struck me and it's it's so difficult right it's it's such a because I pray that we come to a place, right, where where characters repre- can be, you know, people can be represented in film, right? Mm-hmm. Characters can be written in such a way that we don't think about the why behind their genders, behind right. their sexual orientations, you mm-hmm. know, that a character can be, you know, we don't have to explain why people on film are heterosexual, why do we exactly. have to explain why someone's a lesbian? And I think in this movie, it gets explained as because she's so feminine and so anti-man, right? That yeah. she wouldn't let any man touch her in any way, like not yeah. physically, not sexually, and therefore I can only be with women. It's not outright said as as such, but enough of that is said that it leads you to believe that that's why, as opposed to just the fact that she just happens to also be a lesbian. And, but at the same time, right, couldn't that argument be made anytime we're trying to depict a female character as an empowered, highly feminine, highly, or, or like, you know, um, extremely feminist type character yeah. who is kind of a man hater and is also, right, it just something, that, it, there was some kind of a, there was just, a, it felt odd, to me and yeah. i didn't like that right because mm-hmm. i would i don't want that in in right. the movies and so yeah you know it, it's a difficult conversation to have i mean especially for us we're right. heterosexual men we check none of the boxes <laughs> right. but you know it is i just i didn't like that and in particular right and, and i think as more evidence to the failure of the writing it's touted she is touted as this character who would never need a man in any possible way and in the end owes everything to a man yeah right and especially a a man that she has the one up on and and suddenly there is this shift where all of that gets thrown out the window and she throws all of that out the window 
right? Mm-hmm. She wouldn't take help from a man lawyer. She wouldn't, uh, you know, even entertain any conversations with any men. Everyone around her is a woman. She's constantly surrounded by women, right? Mm-hmm. And and her doctor friend is a female. Mm-hmm. Every character around her is a female. And then in the end, she throws it all away yep. for her own, you know, goals of becoming, you know, rich and famous. Yes. And so it just falls apart for me, which made me even angrier because I'm like, yeah. I'm all about it, man. Like, let's let's jump on this train together. Right. Let's yep. get woke. And then all of a sudden it's for not. And, yeah. and so I, I don't know. It's it's that part has really been weighing on my mind. It, it's just something about it rubbed me wrong and, yeah. and not in the sense of like I wasn't you know, I was like, ooh, I don't like that. I didn't like how they depicted it because it felt to me negative. It felt yes. it felt like it belittled or lessened the uh you know the the struggle. And yeah. and and I just it rubbed me wrong. I didn't dig it. Yeah. It's just it, it 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 was weird. And especially when you see so many things that are just you know like Shit's Creek did things with with that that are just so good right mm. there's mm-hmm. dan levy's gotten a lot of praise for it was it's just there there's never a discussion about it and you're there with the characters and it's just natural all part of it is natural there's yeah. no no it's not flaunted in any way I, I it's it's so hard to explain it, it is a very weird conversation to have but i just feel like we're at that point in hollywood where that is not a plot point anymore. That is not a a um, you know a character flaw. Like I said, that that is just something that we shouldn't be questioning. And when you're questioning it in a movie the way it's depicted, that means it's not done. I haven't spoken to anybody who I know who has watched this who thinks it's worth watching for yeah, one funny. reason or another. It's funny because when we when you first texted me about a couple of weeks ago, uh, somebody else had mentioned it on Facebook, and they really liked. Liked it. I was like, "Ooh, this is really divisive." Like, "Ooh," and I think we said said that at the time. We're like, "Oh, there's you know kind of a clash on this," but there really isn't now. If I'm looking no. back at these IMDb reviews, and I mean, you and I have come down on different sides of these things. Sometimes we agree with the critics more than the audience, and sometimes we 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 agree with the the audience. And with this one, I just don't see. I read some of the critics, and I just don't see it. I just don't see it. Yep. Nope absolutely agree an absolute don't watch and just save yourself the time watch something else like our listener request yeah lupin so this one goes out to ryan and carlos thank you guys for uh reaching out and asking us to watch this this is a french made netflix Mm -hmm. original series uh starring omar sai who I love, Omar Sy. If you've never seen The Untouchables, I'm going to yeah. put in a quick plug. I think it's also on Netflix. Untouchables, Omar Sy, amazing. That movie is one of the best movies I'd seen in a long time. I saw it years and years and years ago. Highly, highly recommend it. But we're not here to talk about Untouchables. Nope. We're here to talk about, that's I-N, Touchables, not Untouchables, <laughs> right? No Kevin Costner in this. No. Um, Anyways, but we're here to talk about Lupin. Uh, as I said, it's a five-part series. It, it only runs about four hours, so yeah. it's an easy watch. The IMDb synopsis is, Inspired by the adventures of Arsène Lupin, gentleman thief Asan Diop sets out to avenge his father for an injustice inflicted by a wealthy family. 
I I feel like I talked a lot in the last bit, uh, and this you know we're gonna we're, we'll try to cover this as quick as we can. It's a yeah. it's a fan request, so I just want to throw this one to you, Tim. All I want to yeah. say out out the jump, I loved this series. Yes, um, I absolutely loved it, um, and with uh, kind of bookending it with I care a lot actually does a lot of things right that that movie did wrong. Yes. Um, I was talking before about the, the anti-hero and Asan is really, uh, he really is sort of an anti-hero in this one. And his story is set up as such. Um, you know, as mentioned in the IMDB, his father was set up by this family to have stolen this, this valuable necklace. And he led, he, his, he was a young boy. He was 16, I think, when his when his father went to jail and then ultimately was kind of coaxed into committing suicide in jail. Um, the father was. The father, yeah. yeah. And uh, so Assange led, like, lived his whole life with this idea that his dad was this, this, this thief. And his dad around that time had also given him a book, this book about the gentleman burglar, Lupin, and uh, it became kind of this idea that he's like, "Well, I have to follow my dad's footsteps. I'm going to be a thief." So he kind of grows up in this shadow, and then like his idea that he's going to carry on his dad's his dad's legacy. But he, you know, when he gets these these moments when, when he has this realization that that this was all a setup, he uses those skills to then avenge his dad. Right. Right. And yes, at least uncover is, the truth behind things. Yeah, yeah, right. And you know, this is a series, right? The, we, there's five episodes in the first part, as opposed to one movie. But there's so many. Ep- there are so many pieces in these episodes that just humanize him, right? Like he's not doing any of this. Um, at least the action that we see for his own gain, right? It's to avenge mm-hmm. his dad. He is he has a, uh, a, an estranged wife, girlfriend with a son. His son is uh, also, his son's about to turn 16. Um, but he's a very humanized character. And everything that went wrong with I Care A Lot is done well here because you you feel for him. You want him to succeed. He's, he's doing terrible things. He's robbing people. He's kidnapping people. He's, you know, using all of these skills, not necessarily for, for good, um, for his own good in some points, but he's, you root for him. You want him to succeed. You want him to get through. You worry about him when he gets caught or when he messes up. There's a couple of scenes where he messes up pretty bad and puts himself on the line. Um, but I really do like him and I want him to succeed. And when this ends in a cliffhanger, I'm really concerned about him. And when, when and I'm super excited kid, for season two. Super excited about it. Where if they came out with I Care A Lot, Part two, I would <laughs> burn my house to the ground. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now, there are a couple of things I've learned throughout doing the podcast that um, this is French, originally French. Um, right. Netflix does autoplay it in English. It took me a second. I was like, this isn't right. And I corrected it. <laughs> I was like, it just doesn't look right. So take the time and read it. I think, you know, I think watching it in captioned, it, it's really really just does something for it. The way I said, you know, with Parasite, it just, it, it, you capture the emotion a little bit better. And I think personally for me, being in French, I, I liked that. I felt like it captured the, the idea behind the source material of this gentleman burglar, right? I thought it gave, uh, Asan a little bit of a, 
have a, a haughty air to him. I, I just a, yeah. a little bit more highbrow. It was a classiness um, to it. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely classy, and just the way he pulls off capers are pretty classy. It's also a lot of fun. I think the first episode, there were a moment in the first episode where it just clicked. There was, they're doing this caper and it feels like it's going off the rails and things aren't going right. And guys are spraying security guards in the face with watered down, uh, uh, not ether, but, uh, what am I thinking? Um, chloroform, chloroform, they're spraying it in their faces and these guys aren't dropping because they think that they can just spritz. (laughs) That's one of my favorite when they spray the guy and he just looks at them and they're like, it is an instant. (laughs) Right. You know, this whole thing goes awry. And you're like, well, this is this is kind of strange. And then you find out he had it all planned from yes, the beginning. Yes. You know, these this crew that he put together was nothing but a bunch of fall guys for him to to really do the real caper and get away with it. And similarly, uh, similarly, episode two has uh, a, a great undercover element where he puts himself in jail and he has to recover um, some information from an inmate there that might have known his father while his father was in jail. And how he gets in and then subsequently gets out of that. It's just, it had these moments that just grabbed you and you had to kind of figure out what, you know, you had to keep watching it. It's so well structured. It's so well written. I completely agree. Omar Sy as Arsan is spectacular. I think it's funny. I don't necessarily see French as like a gentleman burglar. I see (laughs) it like, I see like English, you know, I don't know why. Um, you know, I see French as well. No, maybe I, I don't know. Maybe I do, but but the point is, I agree with you completely. There is a um, there's a level of class that you see in him, and it's and especially where you see the multiple characters he plays. Right when we first yeah. meet him, he he feels very uh, like lower class. Right, yeah. he feels like he is struggling to make it. You know, he's really just got it bad, and and then you know he can morph and become you know like this just there's the scene where he shows up in the first episode to the uh to the auction and he gets yeah. out of that car and you're just like damn like yep boy cleans up good you know? yeah and so uh you know anyways but it's 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 a wild wild ride um I think the acting is stellar. A complete. I've I've always said this. Watch it in the original language for spoken yes. language, and do yourself a favor and read it because you lose, like you said, the emotion that was how the line is delivered. There's a mm-hmm. reason that that was selected, and it's a hard thing for a voice actor to do to try to mirror that in another language. Doing your best to match the lip flap, it'll be too distracting. Like yep. just watch it in its native French. I will say my only criticism is and and again one more thing uh, in the positive is how well executed this is as an anti-hero. He mm-hmm. is a bad guy. He is yep. a thief. But there is such a clear reason as to why he fully believes this is the path his father laid out for him. And and all evidence points to the fact that his father was that person Mm -hmm. and how else is he going to make it in the world and how else, right and the second he discovers that something else is the truth then he wants to use his powers for good and and we kind of get behind that you know Mm -hmm. there's a lot that endears us to this character 
you know, the way his, you know, yes, he hurts his family, but he also loves them so much. And, you know, yep. you're drawn to all these things. He's so charming, right? Yeah. So such a huge juxtaposition to where they show us a villain and I care a lot and I hate her and I want her dead in seconds and for the entire run of the movie. In this one, they introduce me to a villain and I feel sorry for him, yeah. right? Like that is not an easy thing to do. It is not easy to make us go against our natural grain to hate evil yep. and and to actually root for them and care for them and not want bad things for them that is a massive testament to the writing i think the number one scene where that is evident is uh it's a flashback scene where we see him pulling a job for job's sake right this is this is not part of the overarching revenge oh, story the uh where he plays the cop yeah yes yeah. yes he's he's pulling this job um he brings it he just runs into a couple of cops on the street and they unwittingly join his little caper he says hey i'm a detective can you just watch this exit there's a thief in there i gotta go get him he might come out this way and they're like yeah cool no big deal and he goes in and uh he he uh he ends up in this little old lady's apartment. She's not that old, but she's up there. And uh, he he tells her, he says, hey, there's there's been robberies in this apartment building. You know, have you heard anything? And he, through conversation, gets her to believe it is her idea to turn over her most valuable items for him to bring back to the police station for it's safekeeping. So brilliant. I mean, he he just kind of talks her in circles until she's like, oh, take take these jewels and take my Fabergé egg. And he's like, oh, I really shouldn't be doing this. But uh, we I can, mean, we he even make makes her feel bad. He's just like, yeah. he's like, evidence isn't your personal bank vault, lady. Like, work it out. And she's like, yeah. please. It's so he's so good. But the whole time, I enjoyed every second of it. He's doing something just as reprehensible so, as Marla yep, did, yep. taking people's life savings and houses, but I wanted him to do it, and I enjoyed watching him do it. Yes, yes. We don't necessarily oh. know why, right? We You're just right. know that it worked. And yep. and the fact that we watched both of these in the same week, it, it, honestly, watching Lupin, and I was so glad I watched Lupin second, the whole time I'm watching it, I was like, this this is how you do it, right? Yep. I'm rooting for him the whole time, and I yep. shouldn't be, right? right? Meanwhile, on the other one, I just waiting, praying yep. for her uh, quick and painful demise. My one criticism of Lupin, right. I think where it gets muddy is the incorporation of this character of uh, of Lupin, right? Mm -hmm. the, of the book character. Yeah. And there's a, there's a running bit where there is this cop, a young cop, who catches on very quickly that this uh, guy is using aliases, kind of like the saint, right? Where he's using yep. aliases that are all anagrams of Lupin's name in the book. Mm -hmm. And the capers he's pulling off coincide with a lot of the stories, right? It seems like these are like a series, kind of like Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. Where there's, you know, there's a there's a whole book series of these of this character. And and I'm sure someone's going to chime in and send us pictures that these are real books and a real character and all this stuff. And we I've never heard books. it. It's going to be the yeah we don't read books. Um, so the you know, but there's a part right where suddenly you know the first episode is very much a planned, thought out, and executed uh, caper. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. After that, right when he starts to 
wonder if what he has known about his father his whole life is true yeah he shifts gears they're not really planned anymore he is right. using his talents to try to kind of on the cuff figure out yeah. information they're more reactionary exactly and yet they still coincide directly with books and stories for this one cop to follow yeah and it's just kind of like that part sort of bothered me because i was just like how how would he have the time to build this out and plan yes. this so tightly connected to this story and so much so that this cop can like read the books and know that it's the same guy and know whatever so i yeah. struggled a little bit with that that it's is a be... nitpicky thing yeah, but I think, you know, it's going to be interesting. We've only seen the first five episodes, right? There are right. five more episodes coming. And there was definitely kind of a tonal shift happening towards the end, uh, especially of episode five. He's really starting to meet his match, right? It, yes. this, this Mr. Pellegrini, who he's going, his former, his dad's former boss, has power. He has influence. Oh, he's he has formidable. Money. And he and Asan is now kind of up against it, right? He pulls um, in, especially in episode five, he's on a train with his uh, wife, girlfriend and son. Uh, I can't remember. Did they actually get married? Uh, it's I'm not it's sure. unclear. Yeah. Um, so his his girlfriend and their kid who's 16, they're going away for his birthday and he is being trailed by one of Pellegrini's henchmen. And he tries to give him a slip and does his best. And you think, oh, man, he really got out of it. But it only bought him a few minutes, maybe an hour. Because right. what he did, the henchman was able to get cleared from uh, – it's really – it's brilliant in the moment when it's happening. You're like, oh, yeah, this is amazing. He did it. He got himself out of it again. But it buys him very little time, and that ends with the cliffhanger. And so it will be interesting to see how that plays out in the rest of the series, right? It, it, if that continues, then that's a real detriment, right? This lining up with these, these book stories. Because from here on out, it doesn't feel like it can. Because he's been on the offensive most of the time, and this is now shifted to where Asan is now on the defensive. So right. it really doesn't feel like it could line up with those stories anymore going forward yeah and i think they really it's a really great format i mean it's very sherlockian right yeah, yeah. although with a thief instead of a great detective but yeah. we're seeing a team assembling around asan right yeah. and uh of varying skills and abilities to go up against a very formidable foe who is you know very moriarty-esque right like yeah. he is He's intelligent and despicable and and maybe has a weakness, right? His mm -hmm. daughter has allegiances to kind of both sides of this coin, is yep. very loyal to her family, but is questioning yep. things. That could be a crack in the foundation. There's a lot in here that uh, with the characters and the variety of characters that makes people vulnerable, but also strengthens their ability to kind of, you know, match up you know, mm -hmm. wit to wit. And it's, uh, yep. it's a lot of fun, man. This show is fun. It's the, the capers and the heists are 
entertaining in the in the way that like Ocean's Eleven is, where you're exactly. you're set up to think one yes. thing, and then all of a sudden the reveal happens, and you're like, oh, it was in front yep. of my face the whole time. He was in yep. the box, you know, like right. right. So there's a lot of that, which is a lot of fun. It's also very Mission Impossible-y. Like the yeah. scene in the prison made me think a lot about the scene where Tom Cruise is in that prison and they have to get him out and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. It's fantastic. It's so, so good. Omar Sy is incredible. All the actors are incredible. I only keep mentioning yeah. him because he's the only one I knew from anything else. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, yeah, it is so worth your time. It's insane. Give it a watch. It's a, such an easy watch. I am mm-hmm. so excited for season two. And, yeah. and I see us talking about this one uh, once a year for years to come because yeah. I think this is a, a blast. Yeah, I can't wait to see where it goes. Absolutely a must-watch from me. You agree? Yeah, absolutely. No question. Awesome. All right, guys. This one's quick and dirty, man. No yeah. script, no nothing. We just jumped nope. in. I'm sure it's... Second time's all- a charm. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Second time's a little better. <laughs> Hopefully I didn't mess anything up. Um. Yeah, guys, thank you. We'll be doing it a third time. <laughs> no, if this... <laughs> If this one messes up, we're just we're cutting our losses. Um, so a couple quick reminders. Uh, next week, we're going to do a normal episode and we'll start figuring out how we're going to transition things so that uh, to accommodate my move. And we thank mm-hmm. you for your patience. We'll make it up to you. You know, we had breaks scheduled throughout the summer. Uh, we probably won't do as many of those. Um, yeah. You know, so we'll take less holidays. We will make up the content for you. We promise. And it's not that we're doing nothing. Hopefully, we'll still get on, on live and do something that you guys can yeah. enjoy. Yep. So keep eyes posted for info on that in the coming episode, but also on Instagram and stuff as we work out those kinks. Other than that, I think that's about it. Get us, Send us more requests. We love yes, watching your stuff, and we love talking yep. about it and breaking it down. And so far... They've all been, if if not good, at least interesting and conversation worthy. Yeah, don't make me watch Grey's Anatomy from the beginning again. God, guys, save. <laughs> guys, public service announcement from your favorite <laughs> podcast host. <sighs> save Tim, guys. Look at him. That or I'll start watching reruns of Zoom. Maybe. I know you can't see him, but this man didn't didn't even see a woman until he was 17 when Zoom <laughs> came off the air. And now all he's got is Grey's Anatomy. It's sad. He needs your help. Give him something to watch. For a dollar a day. 57 cents a year. (laughs) You can give Tim something to watch. (laughs) Help pay for his Netflix subscription. (laughs) Hey, you might have to soon. Apparently they're testing out cracking down on... On password sharing. Oh, yeah, buddy. It's intense. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, we're going to get Sarah McLaughlin in here. She's going to do a little (laughs) little background. I feel like we can get her. Probably. I feel like we can do it. (laughs) You know that that commercial you did about the sad dogs? We want to do it about a guy who doesn't know what to stream on Friday night. Yeah, and she'll be like, who cares? And I'll be like, guy, he watched Zoom until he was 15 years old. (laughs) And she'll be like, what? Oh, my God. You need me. Why didn't you open with that? <laughs> Buried the lead on that one. Yeah. All right, guys. So, yes, reach out. More requests, more recommendations. Uh, you can hit us up uh, on the website, www.pausereviews.com. Uh, you can check us out on Instagram at pausereviews. You can email us, pausereviews at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're on the Podbean app. Links to 
all the places that we are on the website as well. Uh, but obviously, and as always, you can get this podcast anywhere you get your podcasts, including YouTube. What else? That's it. I think that wraps us up. All right, guys. So next week, join us for our episode where we're going to mix things up a little bit because we haven't really done a Western in a while. We yeah. did Cowboys and Aliens in season one, yeah, which was a like blast. The day I found out I'll have a baby. <laughs> oh, yeah. So the then uh, I watched that movie. <laughs> she's forever tied to Cowboys and Aliens. Um, but I want to mix things up. So we've done action movies and we've mm-hmm. done comedies and we've done all this stuff uh let's do something a little bit different let's do a western one of my all-time favorite movies i've seen this movie a gajillion times and i'll watch it a gajillion more i've got the pop figures for these characters i'm so excited uh amazon prime has tombstone starring kurt russell val kilmer uh sam elliott uh bill paxton um, dude, everybody, uh, uh, Michael Bain is in this, it's, yeah. dude, it is stacked with people. So go to Amazon prime video, check out tombstone ahead of next week's episode. We'll be discussing that and why this movie is so good and how it changed the Western game forever. Like, dude, this movie did for Westerns, what Garth Brooks did for country music. Like it brought it into Ooh. the pop culture ether. Yes, That's, sir. This is going to be fun. I'm yes, excited. sir. Oh, it's so good. I'm excited. And there's a fun story. All right. I, I can't. This is We're starting a whole nother episode right now. <laughs> Save it for next week, Frank. Dial it back. All right. Uh, we will see you guys next week talking about Tombstone, Amazon Prime. Until then, my friends, as always, I'm your boy, Frank. This is Tim. We'll see you guys on the next one. Peace. <laughs>